0: Rita Kempley of the Washington Post calls this movie Pure Joy, a lemon-fresh spoof of daytime drama that does the dishing and may even soften your hands. Janet Maslin of the New York Times says it's uneven, but often side-splitting. And Renee Schoenfeld of Common Sense Media says hilarious 90s soap opera spoof, semicolon, sexual innuendo, comma, cursing, period. On this episode of Ruined Childhood's I helped Dan and John determine the fate of
1: subdish. Dish. see see
0: Re 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 Which one
1: will it be? Which the entire perfect podcast?
2: Greetings, Starfighters. It is time for a very special Ruined Childhoods. This is the first time that we are here in person. I'm sitting here with my brother, John.
1: Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, Not only are we sitting here actually physically next to each other, but we're actually sitting in front of our family. (laughs) Yeah. They're all just kind of hovering in the periphery, watching Scott's taking photos, video, Okay, and uh, my wonderful wife, Laura, is actually here as
0: our guest yeah. in this
2: episode. Ah. She's like our guest expert on ah. on today's movie.
0: Expert's a strong
2: word. <laughs> well, we like to use strong
1: words around here.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> no, right.
1: Yeah, like expert. <laughs> right, and then in this particular movie that we're going to be talking about, Soap Dish, is one that you specifically requested. Yes, I did. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about why you wanted to talk about this movie?
0: Uh, there's a number of movies that I watched a lot through my own childhood. Uh, ones that I would say maybe weren't appropriate for my age, but that my mother let me watch a lot, and soapdish was one of them. The others were...
2: Behind the Green Door.
0: Don't know what that is, but...
2: I guess I'm the only one who knows old school porn. All right. Oh, boy. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> uh, and we are, again, a reminder in front of uh, Dan and whole family.
2: Um <laughs> well, I didn't say I'm the only one in the room who knows it, but the only one on the podcast right now.
0: Right, right. Uh, no, uh, but yeah, there's other ones like Blazing Saddles was another one from my childhood that I watched a lot. And uh, the gods must be crazy. But Soap Dish is like the childhood movie for me. So yeah. this is pretty awesome.
1: And then the the three of us actually had, this is a few years ago, we were trying to track down... A DVD copy of this movie, and it was really, really hard. Yeah, uh, we went around to a lot of um, a lot of stores to try to find it. With, yeah. and and eventually we lucked out. I don't remember exactly where it was, but uh, it ended up happening. And then it, now I'm realizing we should have just gotten it digitally. But here we are.
0: Did we not try?
1: Uh, who knows? We are DVD people in a digital world. <laughs> um, and speaking of which, I got a little bit of uh, of news to talk about. And uh, that's actually very appropriate because this is referring to Die Hard. Yes. So uh, Disney, so this is from a website <laughs> called entertainment.ie. So take it with a grain of salt.
2: Can I guess? What? Are they building a Nakatomi Tower in Disneyland? No.
1: Nakatomi Tower of Terror? Oh my God, <laughs> I
2: would do that. I would so
1: do that. Yeah. They have scrapped, Disney has uh, reportedly scrapped the idea of a Die Hard prequel I guess that was in the works and they decided to not do that. If
2: I remember correctly, the proposed plot for McLean, which was going to be the prequel, was where it kind of flashed back and forth between the you know, modern day John McLean and I guess the New York City cop John McLean of the late 60s, early 70s, huh. as depicted in the graphic novels
1: Die Hard Year One. Which you just gave me. Yeah, haven't had a chance to read him yet. A little late Father's Day gift. Yeah, there you go. Um, Never too late. The other bit of news, uh, kind of bouncing off of the last episode's news about uh, Wesley Snipes being added to the coming to America sequel. Um, Shari Headley is coming back as Lisa McDowell. Excellent. So that's just some interesting information.
2: It's always nice when that when the original cast comes back, especially when it's these actors who have been out of the spotlight or who've maybe not been working for, for years, uh, for several years. And, um, I, it's, it's kind of a more recent trend, I think, but it's, I enjoy kind of seeing people back on screen, coming back and, and sometimes really, uh, you know, coming back and, and I guess, remaking, rebooting their careers, coming back to coming to America
1: too coming back to coming to I
2: don't know I, don't know. I was going to repeat. No that. one's
1: no one's following that one? All right, that's fine. Uh so go, going back to soap dish. Laura, why did you just um, raise your fist in anger? There was a fist anger? that was a fist
2: pump. I thought it was, it was an, p-
1: no That was anger? I, Are you angry?
0: Well, I I so I'm a fan of the show and I um, I, I'm i so nervous to be on the show. And I cannot remember for the life of me the name of a single female actress. So I'm just on my phone.
2: You're looking up female actresses?
0: Googling female actresses.
2: I could tell a fun, I could tell you a funny story while Laura's doing some research on, on female on, actresses. On who is an actor. Yes. Actors who are women. Um, so I want to say it was the first time... That I met Laura in person. Of course, we'd met over <laughs> over Facetime, and this is fine. It's this is not movie related, although it would be funny if it happened in a movie. Um,
0: <laughs> and so I remember we were at
2: is. we were at my my parents' house, and um, I was upstairs <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> using the bathroom. Um, number one, and. You know, just I didn't lock the door. Everyone was downstairs. There's another bathroom downstairs. And I'm usually a bathroom door locker. I didn't do it <laughs> this time. I this kind is of going. Thought, Yep. So this is how I meet my future <laughs> sister-in-law is I relieving myself and she just opens the door and there she is. And I don't remember what my reaction was. I think I, <laughs> I think her reaction was just, probably the same as mine. <laughs>
1: So, uh, this is, uh, unrelated to that, but this is just goes back, (laughs) this goes back. No, this, this, we're not talking about movies today. this, This only relates to that in the sense that, uh, in the early days when, when Laura became part of our lives, uh, one of the things that Laura and I would do is play a game that we call the Dennis Hoffman game. And it is called that because Laura was trying to remember the actor from the movie Tootsie, and said his name was Dennis Hoffman, and uh, surely enough, that's not it. But uh, it has kind of become a trend where uh, Laura will missay <laughs> actors' names, and it's very appropriate in that yeah. you are unable to recall any anybody's names. Nobody's.
0: Right now. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I was like, I had a hard time coming up with. I looked at the list. and I was like, oh my gosh, that's right, Sandra Bullock. That's is a, an that's, actress. There you go. That's an actress. <laughs> Sure, at least their own. That's two. Yeah. Two actresses. You're two for two.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I've got my list of names that I've mispronounced or have gotten wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Do you want to pull that up? Yeah. Um, do you just keep track of these as as they happen, or?
0: Yes. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Not all of them.
1: Yeah. And by the way, the Dennis Hoffman game is really just where you name uh, a bunch of movies, and and the person has to try to guess who the actor is who you're thinking of so it's you know just something to do while you're on a long car ride and uh, has anybody else uh, like played it with you other than me yeah uh no (laughs) no i don't think anybody else could
2: i mean possibly uh, I don't know. I don't know. If you're interested in trying it's the Dennis a, Hoffman game, email
1: us at roomchildhoods really, at gmail.com. It's not, not a really not, clever. Pod. It's not a. It's not a clever game. No, no. Not
0: really. Uh, all right, here we go. Dennis Hoffman. Um, Ali Shackrat.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Ali a <laughs>
0: Um,
2: Not Ali Sheedy.
0: No. no, no, it could have been. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um Jame Duty Dench.
2: Oh yeah, Dame Judy Dench. James Duty.
0: James, James Duty Dench Yes.
2: Uh, was that just you
1: mixing hi. that up or did you have a little assistance?
0: No, no. I, I was just I just was I just said it. Uh, Daryl and Oates. Uh,
1: Daryl and Oates instead of Holland Oates.
0: <laughs> Marco Grouch.
1: Oh, yeah. Marco Groucho is a good
0: one. Um, Groucho
1: Marx, for those not following.
0: And this one is not, um, this is not an actor, I don't think, um, but Arnedict Benold.
1: Oh, Benedict Arnold. Yes. Not an actor. <laughs> <Not> Arnadict <laughs> Cumberbatch.
0: <laughs> yeah. So those are the, those are kind of the highlights. Yeah,
1: there's certainly other things that aren't oh. names per se, but uh, those are- some of the highlights. Thank you for sharing. I wasn't going to put you on the spot necessarily. No, that's okay.
0: <laughs> we have a list for a reason and this was it.
1: So, you're Laura. You're now a fan favorite. Th- Laura, just now that you're on Ruined Childhoods, I have to ask, do you remember the first time that you saw Soap Dish?
0: No. I mean, I'm cool. sure I can tell you. Well, okay. So, maybe. Um, we had one of those things where you would... Like for a dollar, get a bunch of movies on VHS.
1: Oh, like Columbia House?
0: Yeah, we had Columbia House. And so we had like hundreds of VHS growing up, just constantly. So we had Soap Dish on VHS. And it just showed up one day and we watched it over and over and over again. That's And that's, I just, it always existed to me. It's like, I don't remember pre-Soap Dish. Do you
1: remember who's in it?
0: Uh y- yes, I know because I opened it up on my phone. Oh
1: jeez. Right before we recorded you were I talking did. about the... It's because I looked
0: it up earlier. I just we, didn't know. You, even...
1: you knew who was in it.
0: Well yeah, I know Sally Field and yeah. Kevin Klein. Yeah. Yes. yes. Rodney I was about to say Dangerfield.
1: <laughs> Rodney. Rodney. <laughs>
2: Man, I wish Rodney Dangerfield was in Soap Dish now. Oh my god,
0: he would have been a real left turn. <laughs> I don't, actually, I don't think I
1: disagree with that. I don't think he would have been a left turn. Um, I could have seen him in like the Gary Marshall role. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Fair okay.
0: enough. Gary Marshall's in it.
1: Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> oh, he's <spoiled>. uh, a <laughs> boy.
0: Terry Hatcher.
1: Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Rodney. Rod- <laughs> <laughs> what is his real name? It uh, the one who's in the superhero movie. Oh,
2: I want you I to figure this out. The again, one right? who's in the super in 2019. That's everyone. Yeah, no, Annette Benning. The one,
0: this special one. <laughs> this special, special one. one. Robbie Robbie Dangerfield. <laughs> Robbie Dangerfield. <Robert> Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Robert Downey, Robert, Jr. Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Field?
0: Robert Downey Jr. It's just Robert Downey Jr. It's just Robert Downey Jr. Robert, Robert Downey,
2: Downey Jr.
1: Field.
0: Oh. Robert Downey Jr. Um, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth Shue.
1: Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not reading this off a list. This, this, is, is, this just, is true. I'm from my memory reading this. But you couldn't.
1: <laughs> but you couldn't recall Robert Downey Jr. Th- probably the most like popular, yeah, one of the no. most popular actors right now. No,
0: because I didn't care about him then.
1: Okay, wow. it didn't
0: get seared into my brain at whenever I started watching this movie.
1: Um.
2: Just to put a time check, at this point, all of the family members have by now left yeah. left the room. They've officially decided that they have <laughs> this is no interest in hearing this. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think any of them have ever seen Soap Dish. Maybe Mom.
1: I think so, probably.
0: I, yeah.
1: yeah. It's Mom's not for everybody.
0: It. it shouldn't be for children. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, I don't we know, all saw it we, at young
1: ages. Yeah, I mean, it came out in 91. I definitely saw it when it was... Pretty freshly out.
0: I don't think people cared about children then, the way that they do now. Like, in terms of, like, <laughs> protecting them from things. Like, yeah. there weren't children's movies then, the way that there are now.
2: Right? No. I mean, there were... I mean, there's not as much... Right. You're right in there. there's, there's way more than there are now. now. Now you have... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of different places where children's movies are coming from. Back, yeah. I, I want to say in the early '90s, it was like Don Bluth and Disney. So it was like Land, right. you know, your Land Before Times, your All yeah. Dogs Go to Heaven, and then in '91, well, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, right.
0: But you had you didn't have this like massive content for children. So no. like when I got bored, it wasn't like it was like oh man, Land Before Time, Beauty and the Beast, or a hundred. Movies from Columbia House. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and and if I may, um, you may. You're, you're also, you know, younger than your siblings. Yes. So you, when you're younger than your older siblings, you tend to watch, like, John. As the youngest, I think. John can saw Spaceballs in the theater at like. Sure did. Three and a half, four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we. I I was basically brought around to do the things that my older brothers were going to go do. Yeah. Yeah. And you wanted to to see a lot of movies. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we had a lot of
2: these weekends where it was, you know, we would go to Blockbuster, rent a movie, and... We made it a Blockbuster night. We'd all watch it. Yeah. I mean, that was... I used to hang out at the... I used to go to, like, the local Blockbuster in, in Cranford, New Jersey... And I mean, like, if there was, like, the, the, like something new that was hard to get, like, I would hang out and wait, like, wait to see if it came in. Did oh, you guys yeah.
0: ever buy the, like, used Blockbuster oh, movies? Yeah. Oh, Laura. man. I'm sorry. Did you guys we mostly
1: owned no, things but, with the yeah. previously viewed sticker on them. Yeah. Uh, I should also note that uh, there was a certain point, I think that you were probably in college and... Uh, it was mostly like me and mom and dad. And we would get... We would rent a movie from Blockbuster and, and watch it. I don't... Scott was off doing who knows what. And uh, I remember that kind of... <laughs> the The end of that was pretty much, hey up snickering were you miming eating pizza yes <laughs> uh but anyway uh, i think the last of those was when we, when they rented uh lorenzo's oil and i oh, was like yeah. i think i'm okay i'm <laughs> sorry i just
2: thought of the movie paul
1: okay <laughs> the movie paul is a fine movie with an amazing joke and the joke I'm is so that sorry. The reveal of Jason Basement. Jason, ba- Jason Basement.
0: Jason Basement. Oh,
1: my God. Oh, it's contagious. Jason Bateman's character. He's like Agent Zoyle. And then it's discovered that his first name is Lorenzo. And there's like, wait, your name is Lorenzo Zoyle? <laughs> so random. I rem- it's such a great joke that, like, we appreciate. But, like, no one else would pick up on that. Most people wouldn't pick up on that.
2: Yeah, unless you've seen... The movie. I, I what's funny is I think I remember, like renting that, and I don't know if I rented it independently or like mom and dad rented it because I think that one was like I know they did rent early nineties. We watched it. I'm guessing they rented it again, <laughs> um but I remember, yeah, you know, just watching it. And i I have, I have I have trouble watching movies about like sick children and oh. terminally ill Ugh. children. And so I remember getting to a scene in that movie, and it's very rare that, especially back then when I, you know, had time to watch movies, that it was very rare that I would, like, stop watching something. Mm-hmm. And I remember with Lorenzo's Oil, not far from the beginning of it, the you know, they show you, you know, the, the kid, it's about, you know, this termalile boy, and, and I just, after that, I just couldn't, I couldn't yeah. watch the rest of it.
0: The only thing I know about Lorenzo's Oil is – that it was one of the, like, coming movie attractions at the beginning of my VHS for finding Bobby Fischer.
1: Searching for Bobby Fischer? Searching
0: for Bobby Fischer, which is another movie I watched a lot as a child. That's a great movie. That's a great movie.
1: I also want to say, in the year 2019, we are probably the only podcast talking about Lorenzo's oil.
0: (laughs) Which, damn shame. In the
1: world of podcasts, I... Doubt it. But, you
2: know. Anyway, fine performances from Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon.
1: I I don't remember them at all in the movie, only because I was so fixated on how bummed out I was the entire time. <laughs> Nick Nolte, I remember
2: this from that movie, is that Nick Nolte plays in like in Italian, not Italian-American. Mm-hmm. He plays an Italian immigrant, and he has, has an accent. It's, it's strange. It's a little bit to get used to, but... I mean, I feel like nowadays we, you know, kind of think of Nick Nolte and almost in the, not quite in the Gary Busey vein, Oh yeah, but kind Mm -hmm. of in the just like, man, what, like you think of that mugshot of Nick Nolte with the Hawaiian shirt and just his
1: hair all like frizzed out like a troll doll. But wasn't he like dressed for a role when that was, when that mugshot was taken? Yeah. He was
2: playing the role of Nick Nolte. Okay. Fair enough. In the, I got drunk and drove story, but Nick Nolte is, you know, has been is a um, an excellent actor who's done some really you know tough roles. Laura, the, are you googling Nick Nolte right now? No,
0: I'm googling male actors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Field. That's the
1: funniest thing I've heard in a long time. That's really good. Uh, anyway, so- shout out to Nick Nolte. Yeah, and Susan Sarandon. Yeah, also why and not
0: male actors generally and, and male
1: actors in general. And uh, so. No let's let's talk a little bit more about soap dish yeah uh, I will give a as brief of a synopsis as possible because this movie is very layered and zigs and zags a lot <laughs> but basically it is a movie that I uh, emulate it's about a soap opera that emulates the feeling of a soap opera itself the real life uh people have very soap opera like storylines going on uh. The lead role is uh, Sally Field as Celeste Talbert. And then we have uh, Kevin Kline as Jeffrey Anderson. And Celeste's uh, niece is um, her- Laurie Craven, who's played by Elizabeth Shue. And this movie has been out since 1991, so I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. <laughs> but <laughs> Because there's no way to really uh, briefly do this. But I... Uh, Laurie is the secret child of Celeste and Jeffrey and has been raised as her niece, thinks that she has parents who died. That was all made up. What's
2: up? and, And what's funny is everything in their real lives. What I love about this movie is these characters are not able, especially Celeste Talbert, is her. She lives her real life like it's a soap opera. So like when she has this love child in the early 70s, right. she invents this she she has the baby. The baby grows up raised by Celeste's parents and Celeste makes up the story about a twin sister, a twin sister. who yeah. died in a car accident. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh so once that happened, Celeste basically had um, so she's on the show called the sun also sets, uh, Jeffrey Anderson is also on it and she has him written off the show once this baby thing happens. And I guess she was the way more successful one and had that power. So he is off doing, as he says, hemorrhoid commercials in dinner theater. He's doing, uh, uh death of a salesman. he's doing death of a salesman in like Tampa Flo- or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, um, very, very depressing, just. People not paying attention and being loud and waiters crashing into things. And um, the meanwhile, Robert Downey (laughs) Jr. Field, (laughs) uh, his character, he's the producer of the show. And there's an actress on the show, Montana Moorhead. And they are having a like he really wants. To be with her, and she's kind of using that to get him to get Celeste off the show so that she can be a, the star. Uh, she is the nurse on the show uh, because it's soap opera and there's a Boys lot of hospital scenes. She's Nurse Nan. Nurse yeah. Nan.
2: One of the best parts about her character and one of these great character moments is when she's got um, you know David Barnes, Robert Downey Jr., Field. Field. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like you know she's intimidating because every time he's kind of like backing off of their plot she intimidates him and she's like do you know what my life was like growing up other kids thought I was evil
1: <laughs> she plays that part so well so and the, the physicality of their roles is you can't stop watching it it's so much fun to watch and the movie itself has a really fun cadence to it uh, there's this like spastic energy that all of the characters have at every possible moment with the exception probably of Whoopi Goldberg's character, Rose Schwartz, which I always felt was a play on her Whoopi name. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm really missing, but the, there's so much that happens, it's impossible to really capture everything.
2: I mean, I guess just other other people who pop up in the cast, Kathy Najimi.
1: Kathy Najimi is the wardrobe person. Carrie Fisher is the casting. Yeah. Carrie Fisher Producer is something wonderful. Like
2: that. She's the casting director. She's like
1: the horny casting director. <laughs> yeah yeah well that's
2: and she's another one with it with with that great line that i will never forget is when elizabeth shue's character kind of storms into her office yeah. and she, i'm Lori craven i'm an action well i'm tammy face sharon and i'm a bitch
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> impressive that you remembered the character's name yeah i know that you just watched it but like honestly still, though i would have remembered it. but I, that's yeah. but she's barely in the movie and the fact that that's her name is pretty irrelevant to anything. I mean, I've
2: seen th-
1: this, and I might have gotten the name wrong too, but yeah.
2: um, I've also seen this movie several times mm-hmm. over the years. It's just a fun movie to come back to.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: it doesn't linger.
1: It, it, it moves along. It's very fast-paced. Happy. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, there's hotel noises here. <laughs> Things <laughs> just kind of make noise here. And ghosts. Um, so, I don't know. I... I, I, I just rewatched it, Dan. You rewatched most of it, Laura. It's been well, we watched it a couple of years ago, probably. We did. Yeah. It's
0: pretty seared in there. Yeah. Yeah. And just by looking at photos, it's like, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, Laura, is there anything from the movie that really jumped out to you? Like yeah. anything that any certain parts of it, any aspects of it that, that have stuck like with you? Lines that you that like names, names of you, the uh, actors, you know. perhaps. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Pretty much any interaction between Celeste and the um, wardrobe person oh. with the turban, in particular. Oh yeah, Tony.
2: <laughs> What's her thing with tar- with turbans in that movie? Because she tries to put Elizabeth's shoe in a turban. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's but funny. It's, she. It's it's because like a large part of this movie is about getting older and feeling like you're becoming irrelevant, right? And mm-hmm. that you're aging out of this industry, and all of a sudden you're not, you know. You're not the middle of the storyline anymore. You're all of a sudden becoming a peripheral character. You're getting written out of your story altogether. And so (laughs) the turban becomes this like significant object for that. Yeah. (laughs) And so (laughs) when she keeps trying to put her in the turban, it drives Celeste crazy and... just the vision of her cutting up I think it's the robe or the turban she's
1: cutting up just a dress that she gives her to wear in another scene okay
0: and smoking the cigarette and just like every scene every scene with her and the wardrobe person as she's trying to like fight being kind of cast into this elder stateswoman role in her own soap opera
2: you know there's and there's that there's this one moment and it's so subtle but it's it's right before kind of this big reveal as they're filming a scene and and sally field has been smoking or celeste talbert has been you know she's been smoking a cigarette and she goes to like storm onto the set and she just sticks the cigarette in kathy and yeah. jimmy's mouth and like a few minutes you later see her smoking the cigarette you see her smoking and <laughs> yeah. it's just
1: one of those great moments where it's like they didn't just forget about that it, they didn't have to yeah. do that like that's no. that's not for anybody because the people that are like like remembering to notice things. I mean, honestly, I don't think I noticed it until I saw it most recently. Well, that's the thing is that movie is so dense. There's so many different things going on and each character has all of these uh, ways that they move that are very unique and they're not things that people actually do. There's one moment when uh, Robert Downey Jr. Field is typing uh, a script for a new scene and you see him typing on a typewriter and he flips his his right hand over. So his thumb hits like the return key to go down to the next line. Like normally you just kind of hit it with your pinky or whatever, but he like flips his hand over. So palm up and it, goes to return.
2: Are you thinking of the scene where he's writing and Montana is standing over? Yeah, he's not hitting the return button. He's grabbing her boob. No, 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 no. This is a different scene.
1: Oh, okay. This is, it just shows, it's an overhead shot of his hands. Oh. Yeah, and it just like pops over and it's like, what an interesting decision. But he really had, there's a lot, there's that one moment where they're in the hallway Mm -hmm. and he gets this
2: brilliant idea and he stops and he like drops his bag and then he just walks up and down the hallway like snapping his fingers like doing like three snaps in a Z formation, yes. and going yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Or when he stands up in the middle of the conference room and like blows the whistle and <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and yeah. right that part's great. And also when they're at Lori Craven's apartment door and you just see the, like the fish eye shot through the keyhole and there, it's it's uh, him, it's uh, Carrie Fisher and. The Whoopi director. Goldberg? No. Oh, the director we'll against, guy. Yeah, the director. Yeah, because – and then they're just – and then it's just like, how would you like to be? And then one of the persons goes, famous. And they go, hmm. Like, there's just kind of a nice, fun, weird, punchy cadence to it that's really bizarre. And it's like, people don't do that. And it's right. fun. Um, and I also just want to talk a little bit about Sally Field. And I, I've only just started um, reading her autobiography. And Sally Field has a lot of soap opera-ish things that happened in her life. Uh, She discovered that her, I think, grandmother was an illegitimate child and was being, I I guess, did not know about that for a while. And she has all these other sisters. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, totally. And um, her parents got divorced and she didn't know until, like, I think her father's death through letters that he had like sent to her but never opened the the reasons why their relationship was weird you know uh, because of the divorce and why the divorce happened and things like that so I it's it is very soap opera it's fun
0: oh I've got a trivia who? Is that oh. how you say it? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've got a trivia. Yeah, I guess in the world of Soap Dish, though, you might go with the snaps.
1: Rob, All right. Robney. Oh my Robney.
0: Downey. Junior Field. Oh, my God. It's getting worse. Um This is, oh, boy. So, I guess Bert Reynolds was mm-hmm. supposed to be in the Kevin Kine role. Mm-hmm. But he, speaking of soap opera, he couldn't be because he was married to Lonnie Anderson at the time. And she said, you had to turn this role down because he'd previously been in a romance with Sally Field. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I don't want there to be a bunch of rumors about you and Sally Field being together when you're married to me. Yeah.
1: And he's always said, like, you know, Sally Field is the woman of my dreams. Like, yeah. And, and
2: Lonnie, if I believe Lonnie Anderson's excuse was like, it'll make you the laughing stock of Hollywood if you do this movie. Which I don't think it, it I, yeah, yeah, no, I think, you know, the reasoning was I don't want you having yeah. kisses with Sally Field. Having right. kisses. Right.
1: Having kisses. Having kisses. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't want you going to first base with Sally
2: Field ever again. Uh,
1: so Dan, do you remember the first time you saw this movie?
2: I'm sorry to disappoint you, but uh. No.
1: I, I my, Laura I doesn't get to witness it in person.
2: No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've I didn't, heard
0: it so many times, so it's so beautiful.
2: Sir, so you know, and there's so many other movies that we'll talk about where I'm, where I will be able to tell you, you know, everything down to the the size popcorn I had. So. <laughs> Um, but today's not that day. I, I, it, it was a blockbuster
1: night. It was a blockbuster night, baby.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I don't remember ice. I can only assume it was a blockbuster night. Like, I'm pretty sure I remember like that was how it was rented
1: <laughs> from blockbuster. Okay. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about Sally Fieldwise, if, if I may have the floor. Please. Uh, and this is more of an, a, an appreciation moment because I was thinking about her role in, uh, Soap dish, as well as her role in Mrs. Doubtfire. And she does this really interesting thing. And I'm trying to think if she does it in other movies, probably not Lincoln, but she like has a line and she repeats it in different inflections. And it's like punctuating it in in a really fascinating way. And um, I'd like in Mrs. Doubtfire, when she finds out, she's just like the whole time, the whole time, like she just... Modulates her emotions by, but but still saying the same phrase. Well, it's kind of like I feel like like a line like that in Mrs. Doubtfire,
2: and I I know what you're talking about in Soapdish, yeah. but because she did it the same way in Soapdish too. It's like the first time she's surprised, and then she realizes she's angry.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it's an awesome thing, and I don't know. Uh, I have to go back and watch some of her other stuff, like Punchline or whatever. Gidget, Gidget, um, the Flying Nun, yeah, Smokey and the Bandit. Um, which I did watch recently. I don't I don't Steel remember Magnolias. from that one. Oh Steel Magnolias, yeah. Yeah.
2: Good oh, And Field. other
1: Sally Field movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she does it in Forrest
2: Gump. Norma Ray. Mm. Mm. We're going on strike. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on strike. She does do it in Norma uh, Ray. No. It's Places It's the just heart. a
1: it's a really cool thing that I that that she does that I I noticed that she did it in this also. Um just because I love I love that delivery and it's funny because whenever I think of Soapdish I always think that she has that line from Mrs. Doubtfire but then I'm like no that was Mrs. Doubtfire but it's like the same spastic energy
2: it's something yeah no she has a very similar line like to to
1: Rose she does it a few times yeah yeah uh also just a
2: hilarious thing that's in this movie what's up so no i just remembered like i think the first time she does it it's when she gets broken up with over the machine by, oh yeah but by, by the voice of on the, machine. on the machine on the machine rose on the machine yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and then and then right after that which is what i was about to mention is that uh the way that she copes with her uh Depression is by going to a mall in New Jersey and being noticed. (laughs) Give them my greetings in Paramus. Yeah, (laughs) Kevin Kline, his delivery, and also Kevin Kline, he's so good in the movie. But at the very end, when he, what they're doing is they're doing a live, um, a live taping, like live broadcast Mm. of the sun also sets, where they're trying to decide they're going to announce live. Which one of the three of them—the the the mother, the father, the daughter—stays on the show because they've all given ultimatums, like either they go or I go or whatever. And they're broadcasting this live, so they're only reading it off of teleprompters, but. jeffrey anderson needs glasses but won't wear them so he can't like it's such a it doesn't need to be there but it's just so funny because he's mis (laughs) saying like he's mispronouncing all of the words he's misreading all the words so he's i think he's trying to say that you have a brain but everybody's like you have a brake fluid
0: (laughs) you mean a brain
1: it's just so funny and then they're just like And then in um, in Austria, it's called, and it's like, (laughs) and he says it like super smooth. I don't know if can pronounces it. It's such a great scene, and he nails it.
2: Yeah, no, his performance is. I mean, they're they're all great in it. Kevin Klein. It's hard to pick a standout, but yeah, Kevin Klein. And like same, you talked about movement, the movement of actors. Mm -hmm. Kevin Klein really kind of embodied this like kind of smarmy has been actor womanizing who he has his whole his whole bit with the with the hands yeah and but his all of his movements even when he's just alone in his apartment and you like sally feels like looking through the apartment window right and you just you see him like take off his shirt and he throws oh yeah well also when
1: when um uh Robney Downey Jr. Field uh, <laughs> goes to see him at the dinner at the dinner theater, and he goes to see him backstage, and he's still got oh. you know his, sh- his like stained shirt with like the gut, and it's kind of like strapped to his underwear or whatever, oh, yeah. and he's like, "Come meet me for a drink," and he's so excited that somebody from actual real you know, entertainment industry is, wants to meet with him. And he's like about to go and he's like, well, after you change and the way that he moves and like takes off his costume to, to it's just, yeah, it's so great. He's such a great physical actor. What's up now? Another uh, trivia.
2: I have a trivia. A trivia. I you have, have a, have a, a trivia. trivia.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Kevin Klein, because of reshoots on soap dish, had to drop out of another movie that he was slated to do, Hook, in which he
0: was supposed oh. to play
1: the role that eventually was played by Robin Williams. You know, I have to say, I I would want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. I, you know, Robin Williams is, you know, great in Hook, but... That could be Kevin Klein. I mean, Kevin I Klein, Dennis about, Hoffman, Come I on. wouldn't Dennis Hoffman. I wouldn't say that about a lot of uh, Robin Williams' roles, but that one, I would definitely say Kevin Klein. would be awesome. well, Kevin
2: Klein practically played Robin Williams' role in Dead Poet Society when he did The Emperor's Club. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You ever mm-hmm. see that one, Laura? Which one? The Emperor's Club? No. Have you seen Dead Poets Society? No, I haven't seen that one. Either. Oh, wow. <laughs> Check out Dead Poet Society.
0: Is that the one where he stands on the desk and says, "Oh, Captain, my Captain"? Yes. Okay, stop and see that.
1: Spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, So, question for the room, for the hotel room: What would y'all do with this movie? Laura first. Yeah,
0: I'm raising my hand. Okay, an eager fifth grader. Um, So.
1: So, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is an actress. I saw her
0: on a list that I picked up on Google of actresses, human actresses. Um, so, there have been a lot of TV shows based on soap operas, like um, Jane the Virgin. And I think the format of a TV show soap opera works. So, well, for a reason, it's because it's very serialized.
1: So uh, I haven't seen Jane the Virgin. So is that a show about a soap opera?
0: No, it is a soap opera. It's basically been trans... It is a show based on a soap
2: opera. Well, a novella. Oh, yeah, okay. Know, but- okay. And and the sorry to interrupt you, yes. Laura, but it, it comes into play where the character of Jane, her father is a star of novellas. Ah, and yes. where and it. it 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 kind of takes that format.
0: It's very self referential. Gotcha.
1: gotcha. Okay. Right. So yeah.
0: the, the show itself is not it's it's not a soap opera, right? It's not about a soap opera, but it is a soap opera mm-hmm. and it references other soap operas. Okay. <laughs> and um and so I think like that show is great. And when I think about redoing Soap Dish, I think it'd be really great to have like a Netflix 6 episode Soap Dish series where you're basically like creating a soap opera within a soap opera. Okay. Cuz that's what this is, but it's yeah. I mean it's a satire of a soap opera within a soap opera. Mhm. Um but I just think that's a really good format for it. Make it serialized, give like cliffhangers, make it just a, a totally over the top, insane, super stylized, um, almost like, uh, you know, nailed it, how you can see behind the scenes a lot. And it's really like, well, that's something Well, that's something that's crappy. great about
1: Soap Dish and doing anything that's a show about a show is that yeah. you don't have to hide anything. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I can imagine it being like really almost low rent quality, the show inside the show.
2: It would be funny if the show inside the show, like the behind the scenes drama was all, you saw it all through like phone video Mm -hmm. and it's like what people on the, it's like leaked videos that people on the set are catching.
1: Yeah. So would it be Soap Dish the TV show?
0: Yeah. But okay. it, would, it would be, it wouldn't would be Would it call. follow
1: any of the same characters?
0: No. Just the concept. Just the concept. Okay. The concept. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would be the sun also sets, right? That would be the name of the oh, soap so opera. Oh, so it
1: actually would be the sun also sets. But I guess it would be the
2: sun also sets in today's world, which could have, I mean, soap operas could have totally different characters right. and casts. There's still some mm-hmm. tie to it, I guess. Right.
0: Right. And then the outside world could even be like almost like a keeping up with the blank type thing. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a show about a celebrity type person that is on a, a soap opera show and it follows them around because like, you know, there's a big overlap between celebrity and TV. I mean, think about the, what is it? The the New Hills show that's coming out.
1: Oh, is there a New Hills coming out? Yeah. Is there?
0: Yeah, and so the Hills... Um, has Misha Barton is going to be on it. So <laughs> the person who was in, what was it? The, the OC, the OC, the OC yeah. which started up the real OC, which then spun off the Hills. That person is now going to be on the reboot of the Hills. That's so weird. I know.
1: Well, wow. also in Soapdish, they reference another soap opera called Laguna Beach, which eventually became yeah. the show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyhow, that's my idea. Is that it's just it's a very like super short, right? And like who would you put episodes. in it? Yeah. Oh man, and I have to go back to my. Head. <laughs> I, I <laughs> only would you bring back?
1: <laughs> because I thought you'd say Anne Hathaway. <laughs> would you bring back
2: Robney? E <laughs> <laughs> Downey, Downey Junior Field. I, well, I don't know what I'm saying now. Nobody. No.
0: Nope. No one can help any of us. Um. No, I actually screen captured some actresses' names because I legitimately.
1: <laughs> can you share them with me so we can put them on our Instagram? Oh my gosh, do you really want to? <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, I do like the idea still of having like, I think having an actress who is quote aging out of, mm-hmm. um, the soap opera industry is really great, and I just feel like she is just a little too old for this. Like, not old. That's not the right word. She's past that point in her career. Mm-hmm. But Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh. Yeah.
2: No, I, Julia I Louis-Dreyfus is a great choice. Yeah, I think it's
0: a perfect choice. Really? Yeah. I yeah. just feel like she's so, I don't know, she's played so many, like, manic, crazy characters that are, I'm just like, would this really be a good fit for her but mm. on the other hand i'm like she has that great manic energy um, and also like of someone who is so beautiful and revered and would be great at like manically clinging on to that but she's already kind of played that in veep because that's mm. a big part of her character on that show mm. so it's kind of why i'm like but Ahh. it could
1: you know there could be ways that it's Different from that.
2: Yeah. And I see your point, though. Um, it, You know, it's, it would almost be kind of like a Selena Meyer, Elaine Bennis hybrid.
0: Yeah. But then I was thinking maybe it's maybe a man. Because like, you know, maybe a man is aging out of being
1: that. Men aren't getting enough roles these days.
0: Well, and you know, they always say that men don't look hot after age, you know, what is it, 80 anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery finally... <laughs> Aged out of being sexy. That ninety. <laughs> well, when was the last 100. time you saw Sean
2: Connery? You don't know he's aged out of being sexy. That's true. Dan. Yeah. Thoughts? I have so many. Oh, of course boy. you do. So first of all, I should say. The thoughts about Soap Dish. Yeah. No, no, no. This is, I'm <laughs> not thinking about anything else right now. So, first of all, there was a proposed remake. Uh, ben Schwartz was <gasps> writing it. And this was as of 2011. Oh, yeah, I
1: remember that. No.
2: Yeah. So um. I remember reading about that, yeah. I don't know what happened to it, um, but I actually – remake is kind of the one way I wouldn't go with this. Uh-huh. I don't think well, – because, for I mean, first of all, and this is kind of my one kind of question for you – Laura is, you know, I feel like the soap opera world of today is, it's very different. It's not as like people don't, I I feel like people don't schedule their days around watching, you know, watching their stories. Uh,
0: Some do, but I also feel like there's, it, it just, I don't know. It's just not the same. So we have too much streaming.
2: So, and, and that segues perfectly into my sequel idea Which actually, you know, I was thinking of it as a as a movie, like a theatrical movie. But this could work in your format as well with the limited series where Netflix in the story is rebooting The Sun Also Sets. And let's say David Barnes Mm -hmm. still played by Robney Downey Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know, maybe he's on a podcast or something or he just, he kind of, maybe he's he's like, I could see him being on a podcast where he's interviewed about like his career and maybe he, he like just won some lifetime achievement award and they are like, so what's next? And he doesn't have anything next. So he just is like, we're rebooting the sun also sets. Oh yeah. And it's, and he kind of says it and then he's like, and we're bringing back, like, you know, we're bringing back all the stars. We're bringing back Jeffrey Anderson. We're bringing back Celeste Talbot. We're bringing back Lori Craven. And then you kind of find where all these people are in their careers. Like Jeffrey Anderson, who in, in, Soapdish has a line about they always loved me in Canada. He's going to bring his Hamlet there,
1: right? Maybe well, he's... that's something we never touched on. Is that he has uh, part of the deal is that David Barnes is going to help him produce his one man show of Hamlet, in which it all takes place in someone's head. So it's all in, Hamlet's, by head. The same, in Hamlet's head. So it's yeah. so it's all played by the same person. So. Go on.
2: So let's say Jeffrey Anderson has now opened his own school of acting in Canada. And so like you have to bring handbags. Do I, they
1: do stuff? Do, is it a lot of like touching hands?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's all hand work. He, maybe he does oh. a hand because he talks about movement class too. Maybe he does a right? hand yeah. movement class. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like Laurie Craven should be in like the Sharknado movies or something like Sharknado. A parody of that. Is um, she
0: actually in a movie like that?
2: Elizabeth Shue? Yeah, like. Um, oh, she she might have been. She might have been. Um, and then my thought for, for Sally Field, it'd be funny. Now Celeste could go different ways, but what if Celeste became like an a renowned actress? And I would it would be funny to spoof her role in Lincoln. She was nominated for playing Mary Todd Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she's Golden Globe nominated for playing, like, Lady Bird Johnson or, like, um, Nancy Reagan.
1: Elizabeth, she was in Piranha 3D, which was um, hilarious.
2: Yes, agreed.
1: It was. Um,
2: so, uh, I could see that. And then, I'm, you know, you're also going to bring in new actors. I think Titus Burgess would mm. be a fantastic, like, maybe, like, you could bring him in as the Tawny. new uh, well, I was thinking the new casting director, maybe the, like the director mm-hmm. of of the show. He could be Rose's protege, perhaps. Because of course, you'd bring back Whoopi Goldberg as Rose Schwartz, of course.
0: Oh man, she's so great.
1: So
2: I think that there's a lot you could do with that. And in my mind, it was a you know, be, you know, would be a feature, sequel,ing soap dishier, two soap, two dish.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um, soap douche no. <laughs> Whoa. I was thinking D E U
0: X. Soap bottle. <laughs> S- soap duh.
1: Soap, <laughs> soap yeah, but then with the sh at the end, soap dish. Um, <laughs> but it, I
2: think it could also work in that like limited series format. Now that wasn't my own. That was kind of my first my first big idea. Um, and then I thought, well, you could also do a prequel. What if you did a prequel about Celeste and Jeffrey in nineteen seventy? <laughs> leading up to
1: i also had that thought
2: this whole pregnancy um and then my other thought because it does have such a snappy rhythm to it and such great music and there are so many moments in this movie where i feel like it could just you're you're already at the level of of kind of absurdity where why not break into song
1: yeah like bring it to broadway Soap Dish the musical. Well, also bring it to Broadway or do something like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where it's a musical television series. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Though I feel like it's, I think the live, again, like the live, like imagine that as a Broadway, The Sun also sets Mm -hmm. as a Broadway set. And (laughs) like, I'm just, I'm imagining a lot of the, a lot of the sequences and I'm imagining the performance, the performances in the movie are already so big. Yeah. Oh. I'm just
0: imagining an actress being like, "Here's your soup. Here's your soup." <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a musical number. Well, something well, Here's your
1: soup. Have some soup. Drink some soup for you. <laughs> one of the uh I wouldn't be writing it. One <laughs> part that I love in the movie is when is uh towards the end when um Celeste and Jeffrey are uh standing outside of, like the stage door or whatever and she's trying to tell him like you should just go up to Laurie's dressing room and knock on the door and and Tell her that you want to be in her life. And he's like, what do I say? And she's like, well, say, hey, Lori, it's your father. And he's like, hey, Lori, it's your father. Like, very accurately. And she's (laughs) like, and and he's like trying to find the role in his head. And (laughs) (laughs) In in your real voice. Yeah, in your real voice. And he's like, hey, Lori, hey, hey. Hey, hey he doesn't know it's how so to be a real. Person. He doesn't know how to be real. It's it's so good. It's so well, good. and then she tells him that she's and then cross to her and then cross to her. Yes, it's so good. Um, so so my idea think, is actually very similar to certain aspects of both of yours. Mine is that because soap operas have gone the way of the dodo, I I don't know if any really still exist anymore. I know that ones like. Was it General Hospital? One of them that like went to a, a streaming service and then yeah. yeah, So I think
2: that's where they live.
1: Yeah, they're kind of petering out. And um, one thing I was thinking is that it'd be really great if, and we were talking about how streaming everybody watches everything on demand. No one's just like staying at home at a certain point to watch their soap opera. And uh, it'd be great if the sun also sets gets released in full on like. Netflix or Hulu or something, and gets a huge cult following by younger people. And that initiates a revival of it, and it gets everybody back together. And maybe they've all been doing all the things that we mentioned, or maybe they've been, you know, just kind of petering off into... You know, I don't know. Maybe the three main characters just kind of wanted to be normal family for a while, and then they're kind of returning back. And I, I kind of see it in kind of like a Shit's Creek way, where it's very like uncomfortable, and people aren't quite sure how to interact with each other. Um, and I don't know. That's that's kind of where I was I was going with this. I I didn't want. I did think about the prequel thing at one point, but I was like. Who would, who really would want to see that? You know, it's not going to be hitting things. I do like the musical idea, though. I think that's really fun, and it I think that that would work so great. And I'm surprised that there hasn't been one, or maybe there has been I one think
0: that they tried to do a, a play. They just stayed. At, they did a stage adaptation. 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 Adaptation.
1: adaptation. Uh, but yeah, who adapted it? I don't know who adapted <laughs> it. Uh, So anyway, um, that's where I was thinking that that was my impetus for bringing back. So the the sun also sets. Uh, Also, it's like now is a time when people who have been traditionally film actors are doing a lot of television. And what are you seeing?
2: Wow. So via Wikipedia, of course, the Internet's most reliable source, um, (laughs) though, why would anyone lie about this? They'd be an evil person. So it says here, a stage musical adaptation of Soap Dish was workshopped ah. in 2010 and had a staged reading featuring Kristen Chenoweth, oh my John gosh. Stamos, and Jane Krakowski hmm. in 2012. So the book was by Robert Harling who wrote the screenplay and the music was by George Stiles and the lyrics were by Anthony Drew. And then it sounds like they were, as of 2016, Trying to bring it to the West End in London, but it hasn't. Ha- with Kristen Chenoweth, mm-hmm. I, I assume as as Celeste. I, I'm guessing Jane Krakowski was playing Montana. Uh, possibly, she'd be a, yeah, she'd, I be, think a, that she'd, she'd be, be a great Montana. Yeah, she really would be a great Montana. And I'm guessing Stamos as Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. Who I could see that too. So yeah, all right. So clearly we're not the only ones thinking about this, but. No one, sure. No one's making it happen.
1: Yeah, but it, I feel like it could it could work really well and be a lot of fun. And who knows? Maybe it, maybe it will come back up. It seems like that was pretty recent, and who knows? Well, and that was right like 2010. Then
2: you've got the proposed remake in 2011. So I don't know. Yeah,
0: God, that would have been so good with Ben Schwartz.
2: But I'm interested I, about but
1: but yeah, well, but he was writing yeah.
0: it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like he wouldn't have I. I don't think he would have done it, so it was just like a total replica
2: of it. Mm. Well, I enough, can't
0: imagine he would have.
2: And so, John, you're, um, what you're talking about, about mm-hmm. The Sun Also Sets going on Netflix and gaining following, reminds me of the the recent, and I, I haven't seen any of it, but the Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, preview. I don't know anything
1: about this. What is the deal with this? It's kind
2: of, it's a... It, it's the the concept as far as I understand it is where the cast of 90210 gets together and decides that they should reboot the show. Okay. I, Laura, do you know anything about this?
0: All I know is it's um it's the original cast and they all get back together and it's like their real selves they're non nine hundred two 2 and no selves, but like heightened reality. Okay. So GD Garth is on her like fourth divorce.
2: Sorry, what's that? GD? Like from The Good
0: Place? Genie.
2: Jenny? Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny Garth? I heard GD Garth.
1: Goddamn Garth. Genie.
0: Jenny? Jenny? Jenny Garth. Jenny Garth.
1: It's the one, it's the name that people actually have. <laughs>
0: jenny garth oh my gosh can we just cancel this episode (laughs) so yeah it's definitely not oh
2: it's too late um so yeah so they play themselves in a heightened version of reality that's inspired by their real lives and relationships
0: yes it's like extra gossipy basically well Mm -hmm. it
2: kind of it sounds a little soap dishy because they deal with so in this the actors are dealing with launching a reboot and but they're playing this heightened version of themselves, so I don't know if it's supposed to be com- comedic or, or, or what, but it I don't know, are they funny people?
0: <sighs> um, Notorious. Uh,
2: I mean, Jeannie Garth. She's, I don't Jeez. know about Jenny Garth, but <laughs> Jeannie terrible. Garth is hilarious. Yeah. I, I went to high school with her. Um I
0: hate both of you so <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, actually, I don't know if, and if I mean, I don't know. I don't know, maybe, and that. Well, of course, and Luke. You know, you have the loss of Luke Perry, right? Yeah. So I, I assume they'll. That's not very funny. No, I mean, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a call for it. Like I, um, I don't know if you saw the. Did anyone here watch the night nine, like nine hundred two and oh the one that was no was like the two thousand nine reboot?
0: I watched like two episodes of it.
2: Yeah, that's this about was fine. That's about what I watched. Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: It was all right. You know, Laurie Laughlin, pre right jail scandal. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that we've, we've covered everything. Have we now? Have we now? Have we now? Yeah. Um, I know we did get an email from French fry Phil. Oh, awesome. Yes. Right? So, <laughs> um, but let me see. So, so, um, for anybody who I uh, hadn't listened to our past few episodes, we mentioned that we were going to be in Hawaii. That's where you, that's where we are on vacation right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, We kind of just put a call out, uh, you know, if anybody had any thoughts about things we'd want to talk about while we were here. I think this is the only episode we're going to be able to get to while we're here. But uh, Phil says, Gents, hope all is well. The only movie, oh, and Gents and Laura, he didn't know. How is he to know? Hope all is well. The only movie from my childhood set in Hawaii that I can remember is North Shore. I think I thought it was cool at the time.
2: Jurassic- Surfing movie,
1: 87. Yeah. Jurassic Park, of course, was filmed in Hawaii and Back to the Beach wasn't filmed there or set there. But I think Frankie and Annette were going to Hawaii and their connection flight was delayed or they missed it or something and got stuck in California. Hope you guys have a great trip. Eat some pineapple whip from the Dole Plantation for me. Aloha, Phil.
2: Allow Fat- me to clear that up, Phil. So they missed their flight because Frankie insists on singing um, California Sun with his old flame, Connie Stevens. That's right. Yeah. So they they miss they miss the flight.
1: Back to the beach is a very important movie from our childhood. <laughs> it really is. It's one that we're gonna have. I don't know how we would get to it because it's not one that you can really. Yeah, we don't just pick any movie. movie. We, yeah, we really do try to figure out what ones make the most sense. Yeah, uh, but I, I do love that you talked about Back to the Beach because that is. Oh my God. I love that movie. It's Abso- so good.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, so to connect this back to, now I never saw the movie North shore, but mentioning it, I remember where I saw the poster for it. <laughs> now, for those of you who remember listening to the masters of the universe episode, you will remember that I had this like total recall of all of the
1: like posters <laughs> in the lobby North Shore was definitely one. Oh my god, that's nuts. Uh I well, before coming here to we're on Oahu right now and before coming here I wanted to see what movies were filmed here so I could just kind of get in that mode to to be here. I was like doing laundry and stuff getting ready for the trip and uh I watched 50 First Dates which was which was oh, yeah. shot mostly out here. So fun movie. I it like is a fun one. movie. Yeah. I always yeah.
2: think of honeymoon in Vegas, which is which right. is one I would like to talk about on a future episode. Was that
1: shot on this island? I'm not sure if it was yeah. shot
2: on this island, but that's a it, it's yeah. a fun movie in part partially set in Hawaii. Yeah,
1: forgetting Sarah Marshall is another one that was shot mm. on Oahu. Oh. Um, there's there are lists they are out there. Yeah. Um, and Dan, before we started recording, we didn't land on what our next episode is going to be, but my gut, and you can tell me if my gut is being a dummy, but my gut is saying Mad Max. Let's do it, Mad Max. Great. Uh, Laura, do you have any additional thoughts you want to share before we wrap things up?
0: No, it was a huge honor to be on your show and for you to make fun of how (laughs) I say celebrities' names for an hour.
2: Laura, you've given us gold. We appreciate it.
0: You know.
1: I will say it's, it's been a real treat to have you on, <laughs> to have you as part of my life You are <laughs> major welcome. You are welcome back at any time. Yeah. And
2: for, for those of you, so, you know, you don't have to be married to one of us to request a movie that we'll talk about. You might have to do that to be on the show talking about it with us. But if you if there's anything that you kind of are interested in hearing what we think of, you know, shoot us an email at ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. And uh, do keep up with us on Instagram at Rune Childhoods Pod. We uh, sometimes post some visual aids to help understand. Yeah, in case
1: you want to yeah. see a a list of actors. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I just posted our, our episode on The Crow. Um, it went up today. Right. So I posted some, uh, some photos because I reference a lot of the art. From The Crow, so posted some photos, and uh, actually, well, if I may... Yeah, go ahead. Do a little little Crow back tangent. Although that would... Thank you. I I neglected to kind of celebrate the career of Michael Wincott on our episode of The Crow, and just to point out, because he's, he's the villain in The Crow, but he also previously played Guy of Gisborne in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's kind of where I first mm-hmm. came to notice him he's got that iconic exchange with alan rickman where alan rickman is like find him and cut his heart out with a spoon and uh wincock's got this great line why a spoon Mm cousin? because it's dull you twit it'll hurt more and those are the only lines worth remembering from robin yeah pretty much and um also but um in the doors Mm-hmm. He played, I want to say he's the um, like a rep who signs The Doors. Something like that. In yeah. The Doors. He was, um, and he also kind of pops up in Basquiat as, oh, does he? Um, I want to say like an art oh, dealer. Oh, right. Or, yeah, 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 Or an art, someone in the art world. But in, and that, I, I appreciated him in that because it was very, it was very, it was different. It yeah. a Very different role for him. But really a solid actor who popped up in a lot of places in the early to mid-90s.
1: And you also wanted to talk about a the, the Crow connection with one of your other loves, pro wrestling? Oh, yeah. Well, we were kind of, I,
2: you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the pop cultural impact of of The Crow and kind of went off on a tangent. And um, never got back you, to it. A, a tangent. <laughs> no. No, I know. It's so rare. But... I should I should point out that the crow and the the makeup design of the crow inspired for anyone who's a follows pro wrestling or who followed pro wrestling um, one of the top names in the business um, you know was a guy named Sting not the singer different guy uh, there was also a Brian Adams in wrestling also not the singer. Um, but Sting was going through a – he was kind of changing his character, altering his character. He wanted to make his character a little darker um, around like mid-90s. And it was suggested uh, to him by another wrestler, Scott Hall. You might know him as Razor Ramon. Daryl Hall. Daryl Oates. Darren – Daryl and Oates. Daryl Hannah Oates. Dangerfield. Downyfield. And <laughs> – The scowl we're getting right So <laughs> – Um, sting adapted his look to basically mimic the, the crow in, I think it was, you know, 1996, 1997. And it became, you know, his, his look and he had a long career before that, but that really became the look that he, that he was associated with and it's directly taken from the crow. So, um, you know, maybe not a huge impact on the world of pop culture in general, but pro wrestling, which does have a pretty large following, um, would, would recognize that, that makeup from the crow as Sting's makeup. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Not the singer.
0: Good a trivia.
1: That was a good trivia? (laughs) You (laughs) had had a a trivia. I
0: had a (laughs) trivia. (laughs) I...
1: So, uh, yeah, on, on the next episode, we'll be talking about the Mad Max movies. Um, we will also have a special um, interview segment with uh, somebody that is involved with a, uh, a a Mad Max subculture. I won't say anymore. A fandom? Yes. Uh, more than that. More subculture. than that. More than that. It is a subculture. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, that's yeah, that's something exciting to look forward to. Well, as we uh, continue on our Hawaiian trip, uh, we won't be having hours for a few days. But I wish you all a good journey.
0: Good journey.
2: Good journey to you all.
0: Oh, is it to you all? No, no. Oh. I was I was the
1: last one to say it,
0: so oh. I went. Okay. And to
2: all a good journey. Into a good journey. A, a good, good journey, journey to all. And to all a good journey.
0: Good journey, y'all. Good journey. <laughs>